to the Football Goonies Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host with the most, your head honcho, back from his uh, somewhat long hiatus to entertain the masses, Jason Seplick, the FF Goonie himself. You can always find me on Twitter at the FF Goonie. And welcome back. Thanks for uh, being patient while life happened and we all took a uh, much-needed break from my awesomeness. On today's show, we're going to just take a quick peek review of the Dynasty and Keeper League season and review the championship week from both. Uh, After that, we're going to discuss some just future happenings for the league, some big announcements that are coming up on potential things happening, and uh, just have a little bit of fun while we're at it. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Let's start off with the Dynasty League standings. Uh, Bringing up the rear is the stinky French cheeses at 10th. The Americans came in at 9th. Ooh, let's actually start with... uh, the scoring as well. So they came in with the uh, French cheeses came in with an eight and eight record in Aniston scoring and a points total of 1401.8. Uh, number nine, the Americans, they came in at 10 and eight on the Aniston and actually were the lowest scoring team of the division at 1401. That's right. Lost to a Frenchman by 0.8 points for the lowest score. That is just sad. That is pathetic. I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, Next up, at 8, we had the 55s coming in, also at a 10-8 record, with a total of 1471.8. Next up, just narrowly missing out on the... um, on the playoffs because of um, which we call it the divisions uh, was feared the juice with a record of twelve and seven and a points total of fifteen seventy point one. Next up, we had Team Gravelin with fifteen and six record, bringing up the rear being the most pathetic team of the playoff teams. Uh, with a total points total of 1588.4 and a horrific loss in the playoffs. Then came in newcomer uh, Jones and Four TDs with a record also of 15 and 6, but a pretty substantial uh, jump on the points with 1635.6. Next up, we have the robbed team of the season, yours truly, Bill Belichick. Puppet Masters. Uh, that team name actually might be changing, FYI. I'm not all for this jumping around team names, but I don't know if I quite like it as much anymore. But anyways, came in with a score uh, wins total of 12-8 and eight with Aniston scoring and a total points of 1541.5. And uh, just the most tragic of, of seasons. Uh, the trade really sewed in the the loss because had the uh, the trade that not be named had not happened then we clearly know that me and Chris would have uh, swapped spots and I would have been champ but I got no one else to blame but myself and Kareem friggin Hunt 
next up we had Dan. This means war. With a score of 14 and 5 record and a points total of 1629.7. And then the number one scoring team coming in, number two, the Big Deuce. Flushing down his season with a record of 16 and 5 and a points total of 1720.6 is the highest scoring team. Uh, and then our illustrious champion, who uh, we all know and despise. Uh, who was gifted a, a wonderful championship with an amazing trade. I'm pretty sure he went to the future and saw this happening. Otherwise, why else would it have happened? Uh, but coming in with the top record of 18-4 and, and a points total of 1,700.5 is no country for old players. Our champion. Congratulations, Chris. And in a future show, we're going to go through and do a little bit of a roster breakdown, kind of give some analysis, but uh, I just wanted to point out one thing before we got into the championship matchup, and uh, it's a special award to I'm Getting a Chub, because I don't know if you've looked at it at all, uh, my viewership or listenership, I should say, but uh, he amazingly only has three players, three and a half if you count OBJ, because he did trade him away and got him back, but... Only three players that he had drafted. Um, there was a whirlwind of periods where his team looked awful and just making horrid trades. And then it all came around, beautiful mind style. And wow, a uh, strong team now. Uh, maybe lacking some depth, but it's quite impressive that on a such a large roster, you only had three and a half players that you have drafted. It's insane. Anyways, uh, let's go into the championship week and break down the the just juggernaut battle between I'm getting a chub and no country for old players. At the QB positions, we had old Patty Jack Mahomes and Sam Darnold versus Jameis Winston and Matt Ryan. Uh, anytime you got Patrick Mahomes, you're generally a favorite, especially when a player like Jameis Winston is playing a decent pass defense like Dallas and on the road. But uh, the true story and the tale of the tape that, I mean, honestly was the big reason why he won was Sam Darnold putting up 26 points as the second highest scoring player in the entire matchup. Insane up against Green Bay at home. I understand Green Bay is not a great defense, but you don't really think 26 points when you think Sam Darnold. So congratulations on uh, only having two options, one of them being not a great option, and it still worked out. Um, other than that, we go to the running back position where David Johnson and Joe Mixon went up against Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook. And Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook, although they didn't set the world on fire, were consistent enough to to eke out the win at the running backs. And then to the wide receivers, Stephon Dix, Kenny Galladay, both relatively disappointing. And stronger plays from Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins, who would have guessed at the tight end, failure by Rob Gronkowski. And a super game by Chris Hen uh, Herndon as Gronk put up a big goose egg. And Chris Herndon put up 17.2 points. 
Then I'm getting a chub also at Sony Michelle for 17.6 in the flex. But that didn't matter because the edge went to no country for old players because you guessed it, Christian McCaffrey. That's right, Christian McCaffrey against Atlanta put up 23.8. And then the big, big one was that uh, Titans-Washington touchdown uh, outscoring the Bears. Basically, this comes down to two things, guys, or three things. Sam Darnold, 26 points. Insane. Christian McCaffrey, we all know that story, big game. But the other big one was the Titans getting that Last second, last play of the game, pick six touchdown. When it was picked at like their own 30-yard line and all he had to do was lay down and the game was over and he decided to run it back for a pick six, which was a six-point swing, which turned the game to no country for old players for the win. Insane. Who knew it? Because I think that was one of the early games on the week. But that ended up being the fateful, fateful play. Uh, only other changes, you could have had uh, Damian Williams in there after he had been killing it. And he continued to kill it, which would have made it more of a secured victory for no country for old players. On the other side, really nothing, nothing that I'm getting a chub could do. With the loss of Odell Beckham and no viable option at quarterback outside those two because Matt Stafford was playing Minnesota. Uh, he did he did absolutely the best he could do and he got the most points. I think he maybe could have squeaked out like, I don't know, 0.3 points more. It wouldn't have mattered. So... Uh, congratulations, that was a epic battle and uh, a surprising victory, honestly. Um, not that No Country for Old Players team isn't strong, but I mean, with Gronk, with Galladay playing Minnesota, Stefan Diggs and that Minnesota offense at the end, I mean, like, there was a lot of things going against him. Even though you have Patrick Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey, an amazing matchup, huge, huge surprise. So, congratulations, Chris. And now we're going to move over to the Keeper League. And with the standings of the 2018 season, our third season, we saw some uh, notable entries into the league, uh, replacing some players mid-season. But uh, this is how it broke down. In 12th and last place, we had bringing up the rear with the most pathetic of seasons, Team Carnage, with a score of three, or uh, sorry, a standings of three and ten, and a total points of 1,230.8. Next up, we had uh, newcomer team Carpe Victoria with a standings of three and ten and a uh, points total of 1,312.2. That's where the super pathetic teams kind of stop after that. Well, I spoke too soon, guys. I meant super pathetic scoring teams because uh, we still have one more super pathetic team as in number 10, 10th place with a record of four and nine is the Megalodons. With a points total of 1,441.2. And 
And although he outscored, what, four other teams, I believe, maybe three. One, two, three. Although he outscored four teams, he's still terrible in our hearts. Nice job, Brian. Way to continue to suck. Um, I would, on a sidebar, like to request that our Dynasty and our Keeper League website has a counter put up, maybe, like a uh, countdown to midnight. Instead of that, it's a countdown till Brian makes the playoffs, or I guess a count up. Uh, basically, I want I want clear documentation on how long it's been since Brian has made the playoffs. Um, I guess since the inception of these leagues, because if you want to do it that way, it's super mean. It'd be since birth or, I guess, infinitely as he's never made the playoffs. But, say la vie. Let's see if we can get it done, boys. Petition your Keeper League commissioner and your Dynasty League uh, internet liaison, I guess, would be the best way to put it. And local just uh, dumpster fire. The Megalodon slash 55 Brian Brodsky. Uh, let's get that done. All right, guys. Perfect. Next up at nine, the uh, the early favorite heading into the league because he just seemed to hoard a ton of players uh, last year that he shouldn't have had because everyone was injured and he just he built for the next season because he knew he had no chance last season. But that is the Scranton Stranglers. With a record of 5-8 and eight and a points total of 1,401. Next up, at 8th place, we have Turn Your Head and Coughlin with a record of 6-7. and seven With a points total of 1,544. This is really the, uh, the heartbreak story of the season. Uh, I mean, the man was what? fifth in scoring I believe and he couldn't make the playoffs with a losing record uh, compared to teams that he outscored by over 100 and near 100 points I mean it's just sad but that's the way it is uh, another way it is is missing his goal is the SC Honkers Soccer Club uh, maybe someone should let Brian know that it's not soccer or football, it's football. Change your name, maybe you'll score more points. With a points total of 1,406.7 and a record of 7-6, and six, just narrowly missing out on the playoffs, to uh, the 6th place player and general sad, uh, general sad sack of the league, uh, someone that just never seems to earn it, but somehow gets ahead um Unger and France himself Axel uh also coming in with a record of seven and six and in fact while we're at it let's just say my record was seven and six and the goat was seven and six because everyone that wasn't Popeye's Sailorman or Browns and Scrubs that made the playoffs were seven and six Anyways, Axel came in with a points total of 1,467.9 points and undeservedly made the playoffs even though he did crap with it. Um, in fifth place, we had Finkel is Einhorn with a points total of 1,488.7. Uh, the last of the I didn't really deserve to be in the playoffs, but everyone else is so bad that I kind of had to be. 
uh, teams. Uh, good job. Uh, yours truly is staying on brand this season. Came in in fourth place here also uh, with a record of 7-6 and six and a points total of 1,584.5. Next up, uh, just shit the bed in the playoffs is Popeye's Sailor Man, the by far number one scoring team in the league. Uh, with a record of 11-2, impressive, sir. And a points total of 1,718.2. The number one score in the league by 116 points. My, uh, just shy by one, but basically 116 points more than any other team. He basically scored on average 9 points more than the next closest team, but just couldn't seem to get in that championship match. Sorry, bud. Not sorry. Uh, number two, our runner-up, Goat. Uh, inheriting a strong team. Chris did very well with it. But, I mean, we'll see how he does next season in the keeper format. And uh, But strong showing. Congrats to Chris. Uh, between second in this league and first in the Dynasty League. First, uh, first year in the leagues. Just strong opening. Good job. Uh, with a points total of 1,580.2. Wasn't exactly the strongest team, but just like in the Dynasty, turned it up there at the end, and uh, everything seemed to work out almost as well in this league. But your number one, uh, this guy's team name maybe needs to change a little bit because he is the champion for the first time ever. Brown and some scrubs, or Brown and scrubs, uh, with a score of 11 and 2, or uh, sorry, standings of 11 and 2, and a total points scored of 1,602.3. He is your champion, and he is probably changing his name as Antonio Brown is tanking his value. Uh, so that's your final standings, 12 through 1. Congrats to Brown and some scrubs, and congrats to everyone named not Brian Brodsky who made the playoffs and didn't disappoint his family, uh, friends, colleagues. Uh, can you guys just do me a favor and maybe give Brian a call every 15 minutes, take turns or something, just make sure he gets through. Uh, tonight and maybe tomorrow after he listens to this podcast. And now we're going to head over to the scoreboard for the championship match. Uh, between the great one and Brown and some scrubs. It was Brown and some scrubs, but the website seems to be a pile of crap and doesn't uh, show everything. Uh, this one was pretty uneventful as TB12 and a bunch of players pretty much just tanked the Great Ones game. Uh, at the quarterback position, you had Tom Brady, TB12, going up against Buffalo at home versus Matt Ryan at Carolina. And it wasn't even close. 7 to 25.5 check mark to Matt Ryan. And the big ones were at the running back position. Yeah, Joe Mixon and Ezekiel Elliott, strong, strong players, going up against Chris McCaffrey and Marlon Mack. I mean, both strong, and then unfortunately for Chris, uh, what sowed his win in the Dynasty League 
kind of stuck it in them in this one as Christian McCaffrey dropped 23.8 points and Marlon Mack another 10.3 versus the 13.4 and 8.8 of Joe Mixon. He tried to put up a fight though at the wide receiver position and although he fell victim to just owning too much Kenny G this season, uh, Robert Woods did put up a fight at 25.4 but that doesn't matter because before he went full diva and just tanked his fantasy value. Antonio Brown dropped 37.5 points. Huge! My goodness, what a game that was at New Orleans. Mark Cooper also gave me a four points against Tampa Bay, which was quite disappointing. Uh, tight end position, Travis Kelsey didn't do much, scoring single digits just under eight points. And Jared Cook did the same against Denver. No repeat monster game, only getting three. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Leonard Fournette were pretty evenly matched at 14-6 and 11-1. And then the defenses and kickers all sucked and didn't really matter as the highest one scored six points. Uh, on the other side, there was really nothing the great one could do as his best player would have been George Kittle at 10-9. So, I mean, and I guess Justin Tucker, the great one kicker, but he just would not have been enough, especially if Nelson Aguilar who was sitting on the bench again in this league in the championship round, had made his way in scoring 20.1, but he did not need it because Brown and some scrubs became your champion. Congratulations, Chase. Good job, sir. Welcome to the club with uh, me and then that other French guy that didn't really deserve it, but we're all champs, and uh, welcome to the club, sir. And welcome to the solo club, to Chris again for the Dynasty win so we're gonna wrap up the show today with a little bit of uh info on what's going on in the leagues and a friendly reminder of some of the stuff that i presented recently for votes and what things that i think should be happening on the votes and uh first up in the dynasty league remember folks uh I actually had been playing all season knowing this and then just lost my head because if I really think about it, I shouldn't have made that trade knowing what was going to happen. But next season, we are expanding to two flex positions and increasing our benches by five spots. Um, the draft will be, the rookie draft will be five rounds long. Uh, I don't know how we're doing it as far as if we're going to do supplemental draft or if we're going to have free agency after that for the teams that don't have five picks. Uh, some teams have over five picks. They will be allowed to make all those picks in the rookie draft. And then um, we're going to end up setting some sort of uh, timeline as to when the teams have to reduce their numbers. Um, so just remember, another flex position. Uh kind of act accordingly. I know there's been some talk about maybe trying to get rid of the defense position. Um, I'm not entirely against that one. I don't think it's even an official vote yet, but um, I think I would caution saying do it right now. Uh, we're only a year into the Dynasty League, and we had people spend some decent capital on defenses, and a lot of those didn't pan out this year. Uh, but I would say maybe give it another two seasons and then we can visit maybe reducing or phasing out the defenses 
or maybe just like minimizing their scoring and then phasing them out. I don't know. There's all sorts of things uh, we can maybe do with it. Uh, we are going to be moving, as we talked about today on the chat, to a normal waiver period where instead of Tuesday morning, everything goes through Wednesday morning. So that'll be fantastic. Um, I also had presented the IR expansion slot. Um, that is going to be coming to some official votes uh, in the near future. Uh, I think it will be um, the first vote will be whether we should actually change it or not. And then we could discuss it. I think there's kind of a couple of different options, either expanding it to just two or three IR spots and just calling it that, uh, expanding it to an infinite amount of IR spots, but only having one or two uh, players designated to return, kind of like how the NFL is, or having a third option would be to have a capped number like five or six IR spots, but with the same uh, two designation to return. Uh, that way there's there's a little strategy involved. It kind of lowers the waiver pool a little bit in Dynasty, which is usually what it needs to be anyways. And, um, and then uh, some strategy. It, it kind of takes away. I'm not always a big, the biggest fan of, of having that spot where it's like, oh, my guy's out one week, so I'll just expand and knock down the pool that way. I mean, I have taken advantage of it, but... Just one of those things that I think I think this would be a huge improvement to the league. Uh, if you feel differently, obviously voice your concerns when the time comes around to vote on stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll probably have an open discussion prior to the vote actually happening on the chat. Um, with that, Clay also proposed expanding the fab system um, to $200, which makes no sense other than... I mean, it gives a slight variability to um, to the amounts you can bid because now basically a dollar's worth fifty cents. Um, but other than that, it's no friggin' difference. Just value your players a certain way, Clay. It's all percentage if everyone gets the same increase. Um, the other one, it's not officially coming to a vote, but it's something we discussed or I started bringing up was the idea of a taxi squad, practice squad. Uh, maybe before setting into it being an actual thing, we can just do uh, like a one position taxi spot or practice spot. And it would work kind of like the practice squad in the NFL where you can nominate a player. Uh, we'd maybe limit to rookies to maybe give rookies that get tossed by the wayside a chance to be on a team. Um, but basically you limit it to rookies um, if you go the whole season without moving him to your active roster, at the end of the year, you have to make the decision either to drop him to the free agent pool or move him to your roster and drop someone else. Uh, and during the season, if you do not move him to your roster and someone else wants to, maybe we'll have a use your fab money on him or we have a separate um, practice squad fab where it's just like, less money but it's it's just to bid on practice squad guys and uh if someone puts in for that then they you get the chance as the owner of the practice squad player to match it or let him go um i think it'd be a fun cool dynamic it would make the waiver pool a little thinner too but also give you a little stake in 
lower-end rookies that no one really cares about. And, like, maybe you have that, like, hot tip. You don't want to sit on some guy for a, a year, you know? Something like that. So I think I think that would be a really cool idea. I think we could discuss it a little more and see if we can even bring it to a vote this year. I know Clay's uh, feeble little crow magnum mind can only handle one change at a time per season. But um, I don't know. If you guys like it, get on there and uh, let the commissioner know. And maybe we can get that changed. Uh, we're also in the midst. Everyone's trying out and... Uh, trying to see if they're like the sleeper app for the for the league rather than playing on ESPN. Uh, Interface-wise, it does allow you to do a ton of things that uh, ESPN doesn't as far as dynasty-centric stuff like trading picks, um, fab trading, things like that. Um, it is a little harder and clunkier of an interface to use. It's not laid out particularly well. Um, and I don't think this is just a assessment of it on the, oh, you just use ESPN forever. Once you get used to it, it'll be the same. Yes and no. There's certain things about ESPN that the interface just, it, it's laid out better. Um, accessibility, things you find on the sleeper app, some of the stuff's a little hidden, a little harder, uh, not as just readily available there. But there are a lot of positives. Uh, I'm not trying to talk anyone out of it. I'm just kind of giving my breakdown of it. I haven't really made up my mind on it. But uh, I don't even know if this one's going to vote or if this is just the commissioner kind of listening to everyone's concerns and then making a decision. So uh, be vocal on that and active and let him know. Over on the Keeper League side, um, I will be doing the Keeper uh, pick soon. I'm in the process of securing a fun and innovative way to do it this year. Um, if all goes well and you like it, I have some actually really big ideas for the following year that uh, I really, really am excited about. Um, but I'm going to keep those a little hush-hush as I develop them. Uh, they're going to be kind of time-consuming, to be honest, to develop. But once they are, I think they could be a lot of real cool fun. But um, just remember that one, it's coming, so don't hound me. And two is the change to the Keeper League. Uh, we did vote, so remember your keepers aren't the same as before. Uh, it's still the system of if you have the keeper you lost and one of your keepers that you ended up keeping gets injured before the season, then you will revert to actually, before the draft, then you will revert to actually getting to keep him. Uh, other than that, though, we are adjusting to points or position uh, specific keepers where your franchise player is to be nominated and all your lottery keepers will be of different positions as your franchise player. So the guy with uh, two, two good receiver keepers and three great running back keepers, you're gonna have to make a decision on your your decision. It's gonna bring a layer of uh, strategy to how you keep your, your franchise player because you might have the super stud at running back, but every other position is crappy and you have like four running back keepers, you might wanna franchise a different position and try to increase your ability to keep some of those. I think it's a fun layer. I'm glad we're doing it. Uh, we'll see how it goes because it's the first year, but um, I'll be uh, 
I'll, we'll be talking a little more about it, I think, in future shows. I'm going to actually do some breakdowns of who I think people are going to keep or reasons why I would think it. Um, as always, it's my opinion. Take it with a grain of salt or tell me to screw off in your own mind as you listen to me. But uh, I think it's going to be fun for the league. And I'm really excited about how we do that. Um, I also had one note. I've been talking to Brian on the on the group me uh, personal messages, and I think we might end up. Uh, I think uh, we might end up changing the way the franchise values are on the keeper league. Or sorry, the Dynasty League. Uh, but I'm not entirely sure if he's going to be for it. Um, it's just something like we reward players for making the... I And I think we should do it in both leagues, honestly. We reward players uh, or teams for making the playoffs by giving them a $100 valuation on their franchise values. But that's just rewarding them the same as uh, total wins on the season, which we pay. Uh, there is nothing rewarding people for doing well in the playoffs. If you win, if you earned a bye week and or you win a playoff game that's not the championship game, there should be some sort of reward there, increasing value, um, just to kind of reward people for going deeper in the playoffs. So I know I'm rambling a little bit, but these are just um, a stream of consciousness coming out. I just wanted to get everything out before I forgot. Uh, other than that, I want to thank everyone for a great and successful season. I thought there was a lot of great feedback, a lot of wonderful uh, back and forth, a lot of activity. Um, I'm hoping we continue to keep it going through the off season. I've been trying to do my part, uh, sparking some conversations. But remember, guys, just stay active. This is an extended bye week. We all listen to podcasts during it. We always have fantasy football in the mind. So why not have uh, this community on the mind the whole time? Uh, it's honestly been the best the best group I've ever dealt with as far as activity, quality players, um, not as many bonehead moves um, that just destroy seasons as you normally see. Although it does happen here, just ask Brian. He likes to complain a lot about it. Um it's fantastic and then uh from there if you've been contacted by brian he's got some other things in the works he's always very active and stuff so please be uh even if you're not going along with something or you disagree please be proactive on talking i think uh, i think that i want to give a special thanks to the commissioners for they've done a great job of foster or raising and fostering these these leagues and i think they're doing a fantastic work which uh is super surprising on the keeper league side because who would have thought that a guy who can't even make the playoffs can still make a league fun so uh big thanks and congrats to brian on that and uh from there i guess that'll do it so as always remember goonies never say die and thanks for hanging out with me.
that's all, folks.